Welcome to Digital Worship. I'm John Carolis, one of our associate pastors here at Shepherd, and it's good to be with you today as we finish our series, Move, The Resurrection Impact on the Book of Acts. We are looking through the Book of Acts. We've sort of made our way through the narrative backwards, leading us back to today, the day of Pentecost. Pentecost literally just means the 50th day. It's the 50th day after Easter Sunday, not counting the Sundays if we go by the liturgical calendar that guides our worship schedule throughout the year. But we do celebrate the fact that on this day, 50 days after the resurrection, Jesus promised to the disciples that the Holy Spirit would be given to them was fulfilled. We're going to hear that familiar story from the book of Acts, and then we're going to talk about the impact that that event had because of the resurrection of Jesus. We know that God keeps his promises. What is the promise that God kept in this instance that led the people to have this gift? that leads them through life in sharing the great news that Jesus is alive and reigning at the right hand of his Father and will come back again someday to finish the rescue of those who trust in him and bring them into their eternal home. From Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew that would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. So this passage from Acts chapter 2, if you were to look at it in the Bible, includes all kinds of other important pieces and details that tie back into the narrative of the Bible that was well known and familiar to the people that were hearing Peter speak on that day. But today we're hearing those pieces of the speech that Peter gives that show us the meat of the gospel. God identified Jesus Christ as the one who would bring about salvation, the one who was anointed to bring about rescue to all of God's people, the nation of Israel, the sons of God. When the people realized that it was Jesus who had done these things, and it was Jesus who performed the miracles, Jesus who claimed to be the Son of God, and Jesus who they themselves participated in the crucifixion of, they were bewildered. They were shocked. They were, they were extremely worried about what they should do. They were anxious with what their response should be. And Peter says, repent. That is, turn to God. Confess your brokenness. Confess your sin. Confess the things you do wrong and trust in his forgiveness. Because Jesus' death, in a strange and unimaginable way, but in a miraculous way, counts for you who trust in him. Trust in Jesus 
and then be baptized into his name. That is, be welcomed into God's family through the wonderful gift he gives us called baptism, where we are reborn into a family that's made up of countless of members, countless people, countless generations of believers. People bound together not by the blood that flows through our veins, but by the blood that flowed down Jesus' body as he was crucified there in that, uh, in that year, in that city, in that place of Jerusalem on Mount Calvary. See, we have this great hope, this great message in Jesus that his blood counts for us. It unites us in the faith that we share. And this story from Acts chapter 2 gives us a picture of what the first ignition, the first spark of the church growing across the world looked like. Peter speaking to people from all over the Mediterranean world, Jews who had come to believe this message that God would bring about a Savior, that God had called his nation to follow his rules, to obey his commands, brought face to face with the fulfillment of that promise, the, the presence the manifestation of that Messiah, the arrival of the promised king. And though he led a kingdom that's different than anything those followers or maybe even us ourselves would have expected, it's even more wonderful than being a world power or being a a conquering king. It's a king with eternal reign, eternal power, eternal glory. And there's two things from this story that I'd like us to take into account, that I'd like us to remember. First of all, the Christian life is one that's marked by and characterized by waiting. You see, faith, that that belief we have that Jesus' words are true, is simply the confident hope that God will ultimately keep his promises. We know that Jesus is coming back someday. We know that Jesus' blood counts for us. We look to the past and see God's faithfulness in our lives And that gives us a grounding for the future as we wait for those promises to be fulfilled. Sure, we may end up waiting longer than our earthly lives. But that is what the Christian faith is all about. You see, our faith is not founded on the success that God brings us through our own own efforts. Our faith is not based on the many things that He gives to us in exchange for the things we give up for Him. No, our faith is placed solely on the Word of God in the person of Jesus Christ. He came into the world. He taught the message of God that if you trusted Him, He would bring you into a relationship with the Father. His death counts for your own imperfections and for your own shortfalls. And trusting that He will come again, trusting that that blood covers your own issues and your own sins and your own brokenness, brings you into contact with God our Creator. And all of this is by the work of the Holy Spirit that was poured out on the believers in that very same day in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, 50 days after Easter. The Holy Spirit is poured out on the believers and they share the message. And as the message is heard and accepted by those who were, who were spoken to that day, the Spirit's action continued and even now still takes place in our lives and in our hearts and in our minds as we trust in that same message. So the first thing to remember is that as Christians, we wait for God. The disciples were waiting for God's promise of the Holy Spirit. Christians today are waiting for God's promise of ultimate fulfillment, of Jesus' return. They were waiting before our lives. They may be waiting well after our lives, but we are joining them in that waiting. As Christians, we wait in confident and certain hope that God's promises will come true. The other thing I want you to know is that in this story, we learn that God speaks our language. 
God gave the apostles the ability to speak in the, in the, in the tongues and the languages of people who would have, they would have never even been exposed to. These guys from Nazareth, these guys from Galilee, an area of Israel that had a, a very significant and identifiable accent, it would have been something like, uh, you know, they would have said something like, aren't those guys all from West Texas? What are they doing speaking my language? How do they say something I can understand? And why isn't their accent getting in the way? You see, God gave his followers the ability to speak the language of people that they could understand. And that same truth holds true for you and me today. God knows our language. He knows the circumstances of our life. He knows the cultures that we come from. He understands the things that shape our outlook and understanding of culture and the way that we live our lives. And his message is not compromised by being communicated to us in a way we understand. We learned about that a couple of weeks ago, that God speaks our language. He, he presents himself in a way that's understandable to us through other people. And because God gives us his message in our language, that means he knows our struggles and needs. And he still gives us that gracious message that Jesus' life, death, resurrection, ascension, and the gift of the Holy Spirit are just as good for us as they were for the apostles, as they were for those who heard the apostles' message, and as they are and will be for those who hear our message as well. The resurrection impact in the book of Acts is almost impossible to overstate. Everything about us as Christians flows out of that fulfillment of God's promises, that he would vindicate his son through his resurrection. And just as Jesus was raised from the dead, so our hope and our faith is raised up out of hearts that were as good as dead before God worked on us. And yet the Holy Spirit sustains us in that faith. God leads us into a life that is characterized by hope and waiting. And we then can follow his lead in speaking the language of the people that he brings us into contact with. I hope that you've enjoyed this series in the, bo- in, the, in the book of Acts in the month of May as much as I have. And I look forward to our next season as we consider the parables that Jesus gave in his ministry throughout the gospel of Matthew. May God continue to be at work in your life through the work of the Holy Spirit as you bring people into, his, into contact with his great message that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection count for them as well. Have a great week.